Rita Cosby is on. Well, it's another busy Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And wow, what a busy news week it has also been. Just a few hours ago, it was a downright shout-down that took place outside of the Roosevelt Hotel in New York. Did you see it? Did you hear it? You couldn't even hear AOC or Adriano Espaillat or any of these other Democratic leaders that went to visit the migrants. And that's because they got shouted down by protesters. And then some of the protesters were getting shouted down by some of the migrants. And then there were counter-protesters. It was a mob scene, needless to say. But it is a sign of just the passion and the frustration that so many have. Here's a little bit of some of the sound outside of the intake center for the migrants in New York. And boy, it was downright contentious. Well, I would say that's either a really boisterous news conference or that might be a typical day in New York City. And now with all the migrant shelter developments, it is going to get a lot crazier. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. Meantime, I can't believe this. Special counsel Jack Smith wants to impose a gag order on Donald Trump. First of all, anybody who knows Donald Trump knows there's no gagging Donald Trump. That ain't going to happen. That's for sure. But how could you actually suggest that? And I actually think the judge in this case, who seems to be a bit loony kazooty, that she might say, yeah, you know what? Let's just kind of go for it. I agree with you. How is that even American that you would actually suggest gagging The former president of the United States, he's the leading candidate on the GOP side, running for president again. It's in the middle of a campaign season. You're going to tell me can't talk about these charges that have been trumped up against him? I mean, this is just nuts. And to me, it really is unfair. They're saying that they don't want him to affect the jury pool or they don't want him to affect the witnesses. But that's so broad. They could say anything that he says could affect the jury pool or could affect other individuals who might testify. And because he is all over the place, he's all over the country, it's a federal trial, um, you have to assume, what, are you going to pick somebody who lives under a rock who doesn't know who Donald Trump is? Clearly, anybody who knows Donald Trump 
knows that he is going to speak out on when he believes that something has been improper. They know who he is. They either like him or they don't like him. And if they don't like him, or even if they really do like him, either way, he should, they shouldn't be on the jury pool. You got to get someone who is, quote, impartial, who hasn't made up their mind, at least about the charges against him. So, you know what? I think it is way too broad. I think it's ridiculous. And I think this is just a sign of the times of what they are trying to do to the GOP side. It's like whatever they can try to stop Trump at all costs. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Is that even realistic that they could ask the leading candidate on the GOP side to be quiet, to not say a word, whether it's verbally? What about all his tweets? What about all the different posts all over the place? What about his surrogates? Where does this stop? This is un-American. You should be able to defend yourself, especially when it sure looks like a lot of these charges against him are politically inflated. So much of his campaign is, I'm being targeted. I got to speak out. And you're going to put a kibosh on that and say, he can't say anything because we think it would taint the jury pool? That is ridiculous. It just shows how crazy I think this special counsel is. He threw a million different indictments at him. Now there's also the Georgia case. There's also the New York case. You got all these things in all these different directions. And now let's add on, we want to kibosh him too. We want him in jail and we want to muzzle on him. I mean, is there anything else more obvious to me? This is just such a pylon. And I think it is such a crossing of the line of who we are as Americans and what we stand for. What are your thoughts, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Megyn Kelly, who just did an interview with Trump. And my buddy Megyn Kelly was talking with him about where she thinks the country is today. And he says, boy, I fear for the country if Trump or someone like Trump isn't in office in 2024. Take a listen. I say it in my speeches, we are a nation in decline. We are really a declining nation. We're a nation in serious, serious decline. And I think I can turn it around very fast. So um, I agree. I could enjoy all over the world. I have the most beautiful places in the world. I have the best of everything. And uh, But I, I actually like doing this because of the fact that I see something that we have to save our country. We have to save our country. And earlier today, John Katsimatidis and I were talking with Newt Gingrich, and he said he has never seen a time where the U.S. Constitution and our American values are under attack like he has right now in modern times. So like the last time he's like, I remember this and last one was in mid-1850s. And guess what? None of us were around then. You know? So you're like, wait a minute. This is really a constitutional crisis, and he believes it's not necessarily about Donald Trump. It's about this sort of one-party system, he believes, that is going after Donald Trump because they know he poses a threat, that he will take them on. He will also make sure that those who've abused their authority, he'll go after them. And he, you know, they just don't like it. They want to break up the machine at all costs. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Megyn Kelly, because when she talked with Trump, 
She said that he maintained his innocence on all fronts. He said, yeah, there was a time where he thought about even if he could pardon himself, but he doubts that he would actually do that. Um, He said it's very very unlikely that he would actually pardon himself if he won the 2024 election. And he said he has nothing to hide, that he believes that it goes all the way up to probably the Supreme Court, especially on a number of these cases. And he believes like the classified documents case will go up there. He believes the January 6th case will go up there, probably the Georgia case, probably the Bragg case at some point, maybe the Letitia James case, maybe the Eugene Carroll case. Who knows where it's all going? But he believes at the end of the day, he had an absolute right, especially on the classified documents. Take a listen. Uh, We have a deranged guy named Jack Smith who's been overturned at the Supreme Court a number of times. And he gets overturned. You know why he gets overturned? Because he goes too far. They don't even mention the Presidential Records Act. This is all about the Presidential Records Act. I'm allowed to have these documents. I'm allowed to take these documents, classified or not classified. And frankly, when I have them, they become unclassified. People think you have to go through a ritual. You don't. At, At least in my opinion, you don't. And he also, as he mentioned there, he called Jack Smith deranged. Well, just a little bit ago, after this motion by the Department of Justice to impose a gag order on him, uh, in fitting form, Donald Trump waited maybe about three or four minutes before he posted something on Truth Social. He replied saying, I'm campaigning for president against an incompetent person who has weaponized the DOJ and FBI to go after his political opponent. And I am not allowed to comment? Question mark. Trump wrote on Truth Social. He further said, how else would I explain that Jack Smith is deranged or Crooked Joe is incompetent? So clearly he is not backing down. Isn't this, you think, an infringement of First Amendment rights? Isn't this overreach? And isn't this just blatantly uh, political and a political use of the Department of Justice? Because when the special counsel does a motion, it goes through DOJ. So this is essentially the U.S. government saying, we want to muzzle Donald Trump. There seems something incredibly un-American to me about this. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. Line two. Mike, your thoughts about this? Hey, Rita. Um, Well, here's another bizarre chapter in a bizarre world we live in in this country. Um, They're stopping nothing to try to get uh, Donald Trump. The donkeys against the elephants and the donkeys are so diabolical and devious and uh you know donald trump he just stands tall no matter what's thrown at him right yeah no he he sure does and you know what i love i love that he didn't even wait in this case like i thought maybe he'll wait an hour or two or wait till tomorrow he waited like three minutes and he puts out and he repeats the same thing because guess what i how are you how do you determine what taints a jury pool? You've got a federal case. You have probably the most well-known person in the world. It's not like Donald Trump can walk down any street and somebody wouldn't know who he is. Um, and so how could you say that whatever he's saying, it's so broad to say he could affect a witness or he could affect a jury pool. So what is he not supposed to get out there on the campaign trail or in interviews and say, I'm being falsely accused. These people are wrong. They're targeting me. 
they're this, they're that. He's not allowed to do that. I mean, there seems something really, I just think, deceitful about this, Mike. Your thoughts? Yes, it's it's a one-term party right now. And the the Democratic donkeys, it's almost like they're immune from anything. But now, you know, uh, uh, the walls are are closing in on on the Bidens now, you know, especially uh, little little, uh, Hunter, little son, and it's going to expand to Papa Joe. And he's still doing the same thing to President Rita. When he's posed the question about his son, he just looks and turns around and walks out of the room. And, well, guess what? Um, uh, it could it could amount to close to uh, seventy five million dollars that they scammed. And I hope everything. If, you know, I've read an interesting article reading. And you're, you're as sharp as could be. And, you know, uh, with the show and uh, the average homeowner today compared to when Donald Trump was president. And now with with Biden, the devious uh, Democratic donkey, they're paying an extra seven hundred to eight hundred dollars extra a month just to survive. Yeah, isn't that astounding? And uh, salaries have gone down. This is the third year in a row that salaries have gone down for the average American. Uh, as prices are going up, gas prices are sky high. They're they're going up again. Price of oil is going up. Um, food prices are up. I mean, you see it all around you. Uh, look at the credit card rates. Look at mortgage rates. I mean, it is it is a squeeze. It is a huge squeeze. And so you're dealing with that, and, and they know it, too. By the way, you know, the Biden administration knows that, yes, people vote on, on a motion, who they like or who they don't like, but they also look at their pocketbooks and say, you know what, I'm not doing so well after all. And this guy, he doesn't seem to be leading. He's fumbling and bumbling all over the place. I'm talking about Biden. And yet, if his the economy was like skyrocketing you could maybe say, you know, if you're a Democrat, well, you know, God, I still really love this guy. I'm doing well. I'm doing OK. Or the independents would say that right now people are hurting and his green energy policies are killing people. They're killing right now the United Auto Workers. That's why they're striking. They're striking because guess what? Thousands of their jobs are probably about to be cut. They're wondering, uh, could we have a little money as opposed to all the money? Uh, you know, the Biden administration has tried to pour in into green energy projects that just don't work, that people don't want shoved down their throats. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff here. And that's why I think they're also severely targeting Trump every which way but loose. They don't have a speaker on the other side. He can't like he keeps telling the same different stories in a million different directions. He's fumbling and bumbling. And the last thing they want is a clairvoyant, clear speaking Trump out there who exposes what they're doing. So this is this is definitely going to be an election year coming up for the record books. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. Thanks, Mike. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. You can never go wrong with the little eagles. Let me 
Well, they're trying to make Trump gone. There is no question about it. Now they're trying to impose a gag order so he can't even publicly defend himself. This is on the January 6th election case. Are you kidding me? How un-American. Let's go to Norm on line four. Norm, your thoughts about this. This to me, really, I think there's something unseemly about this. Yes, Rita. Uh, my thoughts on America on this is I, I have a client that gets her news source exclusively from CNN, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, and she will not hear anything about Jack Smith's attempt at censorship. She also says things like how the media would not would not show in the 1930s President Roosevelt in a wheelchair and how the media today could never get away with this with a contemporary president. And I bite my lips to turn a dollar. <laughs> that's uh, that's what uh, I think most Americans won't know anything about this until until the uh, so-called flyby media drive by media tells them differently. And since the media will never tell them, it doesn't exist. And it you know what? It, by the way, I, and you know, it's interesting, Norm. I mean, I feel like when I first you know started in the media, I feel that, you know, I often I never used to feel like it was two different worlds. But just like you said, now it's like it is so restricted. It's like depends on which media you look at. If you look at sometimes MSNBC, it's like, oh, uh, Hunter Biden did crack at one point. I didn't know that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a very powerful story coming from New York, where tomorrow at 10 a.m., a special ceremony will be held on 204th Street and Sherman Avenue in Inwood. Well, the street was named after slain NYPD officer Jason Rivera. And that street will there be designated as Jason Tata Rivera Way in honor of Officer Rivera. The Inwood, New York street officially bears Rivera's name, who is a beloved resident and who tragically lost his life at the age of 22 in January of 2022. Rivera, who grew up in Inwood, was shot and killed while responding to a call in Harlem, along with his partner, Wilbert Mora. He titled a letter uh, when he was growing up uh, that he wrote, Why I Wanted to Become a Police Officer. He said, Growing up in Inwood, Manhattan, the community's relationship between the police and the community was not great. As time went on, I saw the NYPD pushing hard on changing the relationship between the police and community. This was when I realized that I wanted to be part of the men in blue, better the relationship between the community and the police. And he certainly did and left a tremendous, tremendous legacy behind. Remember, both 
His funeral and that of Wilbur Mora filled the streets. Tens of thousands of officers from around the country and also civilians attended those funeral services. I attended uh, the service also as well, um, and it was deeply, deeply moving. And by the way, you guys all know how much I love our law enforcement and also our veterans. And I would love to have you join me for the Big Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run, which is coming up on Sunday, September 24th. And all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are encouraging our loyal listeners to donate to our individual teams. You can go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and click on my picture to donate. And all the proceeds go to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Help me raise the most money here at the network for this incredible, incredible organization. This is a big, big fundraising effort for them, and all the proceeds go to them, and it is also tax-deductible. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes, and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is so special and so near and dear to my heart. And we just passed the 9-11 anniversary earlier this week, 22 years. This organization helps our veterans, our first responders, and our 9-11 victims. So go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, click on my photo, and whatever you can give is greatly appreciated to help this tremendous organization. Well, we're talking about freedom in America, or lack thereof, and some of the DOJ moves, the latest one coming just a few hours ago, and that's the Department of Justice through the special counsel saying that there needs to be a gag order on Trump because he's really out of control. Uh, don't you think uh, the world's a little upside down? It's like uh, there shouldn't be any criticism of Biden. There shouldn't be anything of Hunter Biden. But God forbid, whatever you want to do, you can throw it all at Trump, but he can't throw anything back. This is like uh, a surreal world. How is this an even playing field? Justice needs to be fair. At least it needs to be fair for everybody. And everybody has a right to defend themselves. That's a fundamental value in America. So have we lost our fundamental values? Maybe so. Well, here is President Trump because he believes a lot of what's happening, a lot of the incoming that's coming to him is a result of the fact that Biden has been fumbling in the polls. And boy, has he ever. If you look at some of the new numbers, there's a new poll out that essentially shows that Biden is down with 70 percent of Democrats, that they don't want him to run for a second term. That's Democrats, 87 percent of Republicans. I want to know 13 percent of Republicans who do. Maybe they think that's an easy person to beat. I don't know. But this is a mess. And the White House knows it. Everybody knows it. Democrats are quietly whispering it. Earlier in the week, David Ignatius, who's a Washington Post columnist, he came out and he was saying President Biden and Kamala Harris should not be running in 2024. Then today, there's been these comments that came up from Fareed Zakaria, uh, well-known on CNN, one of the hosts there. He's certainly been liberal, very supportive of President Biden, but also was started to get critical of him on his handling of immigration. So you can see there's cracks all over the place. And President Trump sees it, too. And that's why he believes they're trying to shut him up. They can't believe every time they indict him, he goes up in the bowls. But here he is talking with Megyn Kelly. And this is what he had to say about the current commander in chief. There was just a poll out. Seventy seven percent of Americans say that Joe Biden at age 80 is too old to be president. Are they right? 
No, not not for the reason of old, because I have many friends that are in their 80s. I have friends, Bernie Marcus, that are in their 90s and they're sharp as a tack. Just, I mean, I would say just about what they used to be. Uh, no, not old. He's incompetent. He's not too old. He's incompetent. He doesn't hold anything. Does that taint the jury pool, according to the DOJ? Uh, and here he is. Megyn Kelly said, is it worth it all these things that you're dealing, all the incoming that you're dealing with? Uh, you've got four indictments now. Who knows what else is coming? Uh, how do you feel? Is it, is it worth all this hassle, giving up everything? And listen to this answer. You don't have to be running for president, sitting for four criminal trials, some civil, and possibly looking at jail time. No. Is it worth it? Yeah. Uh, Make America great again. Our country's going to hell. Our country's going down. You don't realize it. I don't believe you realize it. But our country's going down. Our country, and I used to say we're going to end up being, if we don't do certain things, we're going to end up being Venezuela on steroids. How about, how about we're buying oil now from Venezuela? How about that? We're making Venezuela rich. Okay, think of it. The people running Venezuela, which were total enemies, what we're doing is so crazy. We're not using our oil. We're making Venezuela rich. But the country, I believe, has one last chance, and that's this. This is the most important election we've ever had. You know, I used to say 2016 was the most important, and it was a very important election, and we turned the country around. We had the greatest economy in history. He says he is still fighting. And look at the polls. Every time something happens, maybe after the gag order, his polls go up again. I mean, if you do look at the GOP side, there is such an enormous distance between him and the second choice, Ron DeSantis. It's like they're all fighting for second choice. The second debate, by the way, is going to be coming up in about like uh, it's about a week and a half or so. Uh, So who knows? Maybe there'll be some other dynamics that happen there. But right now, it looks like it is Trump versus Biden. But who knows? It seems like the Democrats, after all the stuff that happened this week, with the impeachment inquiry launched and also all the stuff on Hunter Biden, there could be some political implications for Joe Biden. And who knows with Trump? I mean, I think I would bet that it's probably going to be Trump Biden or it's Trump somebody else. Who knows? I I don't rule out that somebody else could pop in for Biden. There just seems to be too many issues and too many Democrats now saying, "Uh, Mr. President, could you uh, get somebody else? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, Let's go to Rocco in Connecticut, Line 8. Rocco, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, personal lies against Donald Trump did not work. Impeachments did not work. Uh, indictments are obviously not going to work also. So Tucker Carlson was right when he asked him, he said, aren't you afraid of being uh, assassinated? And I think that's the only way they're going to get this guy because he's making... He's connecting with the middle class, the uh, people that basically are uh, bread and butter of the country. He's connecting with them, and, and that, that base is very loyal to him, and that's why he's winning. So the only way they're going to take him out is mafia style. Wow. You know, Rocco, uh, obviously, uh, we certainly don't want that for anybody, and that is a really frightening comment. Uh, but I just feel like the Democrats are desperate. They're trying every single different direction. Um, and we certainly hope it never gets to something like that. But they seem to be trying every which way but loose. Uh, Rocco, thank you. Let's go to Danny, line four. Danny, your thoughts about where all this is headed with Trump. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. 
I got a question. How how is Donald Trump going to get a fair trial in Georgia and in Washington and in New York? He's not. That that's the answer. Sadly, he's not. I mean, if you look at the jury pool, um, the amount that voted for him, the numbers are you know in single digits in a couple of cases. So I agree with you, and they know that. That's why I think they're happy to bring the case there, and that's why. On the flip side, the Trump team is trying to push hard to try to get it into federal court, even though it would still be jurors uh, from that area. But most likely it would be a different standard. Um, the judge would ha- play a heavier role. There's a whole bunch of different things that come into play when it goes into federal trial or it might get moved or they maybe realize, OK, it's not going to go anywhere on the first round. So maybe on appeal. And I also think I mean, I think it's a waiting game, Danny, don't you? Because on the flip side, you're going to want the prosecutors are going to want to try to fast track it. They were trying to get the Georgia case to happen October 23rd. That ain't going to happen. I mean, that's nuts. And that was him and 18 others, you know, 19 people. You can't even agree for 19 people to decide what they want for dinner, let alone for a trial. You kidding me, right? So they were trying to get that pushed and moved and have it happen October 23rd, that ain't going to happen. Uh, so they're trying to hurry up and speed it up. And Trump is trying, and his team, trying to delay it as much as they can and fighting this tooth and nail. Where do you see Do you think there's any way he could get a fair trial in any of those cities? What are your thoughts? I don't think so, Rita. Uh, you know, I wish to God, I hope, you know, I pray to God that he could, but I don't think so the way this, this nonsense is going on. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either, Danny. And that's a sad reality. And I think they know that. And I think that's why Alvin Bragg was happy to bring it to New York. Fannie Willis happy, of course, in Georgia. Uh, Then you've got the case with the special counsel happens to pick. uh, Remember, he started at Florida. And then I think he was like, well, I had to do Florida because some of the things that he claims happened were in Mar-a-Lago, but he could have gone to D.C., and then I think he went to Florida and went, mm, maybe that's not a good idea. Let me like poker, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, and you're playing, uh, you know, you put you put X amount on one number and one on roulette. Right. Uh, uh, and you put it down and you're like, OK, let me like put it down here. Let me put X amount here. Let me put X amount here just to kind of cover your bases. So I think he threw another dart and said, hey, let me do another one in D.C. because the jury there definitely won't like him. So I, I agree. It's I think it's a huge, huge concern. Uh, thanks so much. Let's go to Stan, line eight. Go ahead, Stan. Hey, how are you? It's Friday. Hey, Stan, how are you? Wait, Stan, you're breaking up. I'm all right. I hear you. I'm okay. Hey, what are you doing for the weekend? Oh, Stan, what are you doing? I'm sticking around, going to go to the racetrack, try to make some winners. Anyway, so ah, I'm, very I'm good for a change, you know, a little light talk. You know? Hey, very good. Now, Stan, I know you, I know how you feel. Orange man, bad. So go ahead. Already you're going crazy. See? <laughs> I'm smiling. There, you're going crazy. I'm smiling. Go ahead. I'm smiling and hiding. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the hemorrhoid himself, the orange hemorrhoid, he's a pain in the ass. Oh, God. Oh, yes, he is. But here, look, uh, you said he can't get a fair trial. I say let's do the trial at Mar-a-Lago at his estate. 
all right, and pick all the people from all over to come down there and enjoy his, his beautiful country club and so forth. And this way they could see how he lives, see how he does, and then they can go on the jury pool and be picked and so forth. That's what you're looking for. You know, you don't trust any jury in this country. You basically you're saying he can never no, be No, I actually actually Stan, I actually I believe actually in the jury system, but I don't believe in a system for anybody, like that's like saying, "Well, let's have uh, Joe Biden stand trial, and we'll have him stand trial in uh, in the Cuban community in Miami." Right? I mean, you think he's going to get a fair trial in the Cuban community? I would say that's not fair to Joe Biden. So you got to at least admit that's not fair to Trump to be in an area that's like single percentage of a district that supported Trump. How is that? How is that fair, Stan? Rita, he can't get a fair trial, as you say, if he keeps opening his mouth. I mean, the more he opens his mouth. Now, you made a point where you said that he has a right to talk. Up to a point, because of the indictments, he can't talk about the case, per se. He can talk about uh, uh, the economy. He's allowed, to talk about the, he's allowed to talk about the case. Any defendant is, and that's the point, Stan. But the point is, he's... He's ruining the jury pool. Not anybody. He's doing it deliberately. Right, cause you, because people like you think he doesn't deserve to defend himself, that he should just put tape over his mouth and pretend like he's running for president. Uh, maybe he should sit in the basement like the guy you like. Rita, he's got more attorneys than the New York Yankees have players on the field. Give me a break. Guess what? Yeah, guess got- what? Guess what? Uh, Biden does, too, this week because he has a pretty big war room. If you don't think that that war room that's beefing up for the impeachment inquiry is uh, looking like, uh, you know, uh, not even the farm team of the Yankees, it's looking like, uh, I don't know, I like like the Yankees, I like the Dodgers, whatever, you know, you can throw any of them in. Um, But any of those teams, there is no doubt in my mind that that's a full-fledged team, too. And, 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 And by the way, I don't blame either side. It's a fundamental right in America. You have a right to defend yourself. You just don't think that he has a right to defend himself. How could he how could he campaign for president when much of what he's also campaigning against are just all these crazy indictments against him? That's part of his campaign is that they're targeting me. He's repeatedly say that. So he can't go out and and defend himself and use that part of his campaign. He's just supposed to take it and enjoy it and not say a word. I mean, that's not very fair, Stan. Look, uh, these indictments are legitimate. His lawyers should be telling him, keep your mouth shut. You want to talk about the economy? You want to talk about inflation? You want to talk about uh, mortgage rates? Absolutely. Go and say anything you want. But about his cases, he can't because that will hurt him more than anything. I can't believe. I think you'll agree. Do you think his attorneys are telling him anything? Keep quiet, at least to some extent. I'm asking you. I think they probably are, but I think they also know that he doesn't listen to them. I mean, do you, you know, I mean, Stan, literally right after this came down, I think there are some who would say that because, but then I think there's others who are like, wait a minute. I actually think some of the more traditional guys probably are saying that, but because they say, okay, well, don't, don't. But this is a different circumstance. I think there's others for sure that are on his team that are saying, you know what? Um, he's running for president. He's got to have a right to defend himself. Much of what he says when he's out there on the campaign trail is about defending himself and about the slings and arrows that he says, I'm, quote, taking for the American public and for my supporters. And I'm the one standing in the way. You hear that kind of rhetoric all that time. 
And so what he's not supposed to go, he he believes he is being overzealously prosecuted. And I think a lot of Americans would agree with that. Democrats, too. I have Democratic friends who are like, this is over the top. I have Republican friends who say the same thing. So I, I actually think, Stan, in this case, because he is the leading candidate and he is someone who goes out there and speaks his mind and feels it's part of the campaign, if he wasn't running for president right now, I don't think he would be indicted. They, they wouldn't care. And it's because he is. So I actually think for that reason, uh, it's an extraordinary moment. What they have done is extraordinary. And he 1000 percent has a fundamental right to speak. It is First Amendment. And I think so. That's why I think a number of his attorneys, maybe they would prefer not to because it's less hassle on the other. I bet a lot of them are saying, bring it on, because this is a complete violation of First Amendment. And they're probably relishing uh, the fight, saying this goes against everything that they learned in law school. So I I think there's uh, I think he's got some tigers on there, too. Otherwise, uh, they're in the wrong cage. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll see you at the track, Stan. Hey. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. This could be my song for Stan. Let's dance, right? Since uh, there's always such a love affair with me and Stan who calls into the show. Actually, he seems he's a veteran, so I always appreciate that about Stan. And uh, there's something lovable about Stan. I don't know what it is, but there is. What are your thoughts, everybody, about where things are headed with the president? And also, do you think Joe Biden will be the nominee? There's a lot of discussion about this even on the Democratic side. Also, by the way, in the next hour, we're going to talk about the devastating effects of fentanyl, uh, a really tragic story about a one-year-old who died, three others hospitalized, they believe tied to fentanyl. And also, uh, boy, today, Democrats were shouted down big time as they tried to go walk out of a migrant center. You couldn't hear a word they were saying over the protests. Uh, let's go to Phil, line eight. Phil, real quick, your thoughts about President Trump. Very simple. They want to bar Trump from speaking out about the case. Okay. They've already, these four or five indictments have already explained exactly what they allege that he had done and have smeared him. And when he, when he went after that, that clerk, uh, who we claim miss miss uh, work the uh, Oops, we got we got a hard out but I hear you they're trying to make allegations every which way feisty fearless and fair she's an Emmy winning journalist from the White House to war zones telling all sides of the story this is the Rita Cosby show And tonight, a sad revelation connected to what is obviously part of the whole open border system. A really sad story coming from the Bronx in New York, where there are reports that potentially 
uh, the cause of death for a one-year-old and three other really young kids that were hospitalized could be because they consumed fentanyl at a Bronx daycare. Uh, This is a stunning story. A lot of people are talking about it. The one-year-old was declared dead at the scene. Three others, two-year-old boys and an eight-month-old girl, very young, were taken to a hospital there in stable condition. The one child, as I mentioned, the boy dead at the scene. The children ate something around 1 p.m. before a nap. And we know that they were unresponsive and given Narcan. Police said they're investigating whether the children may have consumed fentanyl and a white decontamination tent was set up outside of the building. How scary is this? First of all, fentanyl, as we know, has been taking about 100,000 American lives every single day. And to get to the point where young kids might be consuming it. There are stories, obviously, about marijuana and kids kind of getting into this, but now this takes it to a whole other level. And the thought that they may have had some white sort of powder that now folks are believing could be fentanyl is just downright scary. This comes as numbers are skyrocketing, needless to say, across the country. They believe in Arizona alone that there was at one point, one day last week, 9,000 migrants crossed in a single day, just in Arizona, 9,000 in New York City. They're busting at the seams, but they're busting at the seams when there's about about 10,000 a week. Can you imagine what it's like in Arizona? Can you imagine what it's like in Texas? These numbers are astronomical and unsustainable. And so it's no doubt that people are out there now protesting in fast and furious form. Case in point today at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is one of the big sort of mega intake centers, if you will, in New York City. You know, half of the hotel rooms are now transformed into migrant shelters. And another big one going up, which we're going to talk about soon. There's a big one that's going to be in southeastern Brooklyn Uh, It is the Floyd Bennett Field where there's preparations clearly being made there. People are filing injunctions, but the tensions are downright high because people in the neighborhood do not want these shelters. And people around the Roosevelt Hotel, if you see what it's like outside the Roosevelt Hotel right now, it looks like a third world country. They're lined up on the streets. They're sleeping in little tents or on the sidewalk. There's just no room at the inn. And they keep on coming. And all we hear from elected officials on the Democratic side, especially, and not all of them, some of them are speaking out. But for the most part, most of them are saying, federal government, we just need more money so we can have more in here. How is that changing the landscape? That means more mega shelters. That doesn't mean less mega shelters. That's not a solution. That's just increasing the problem. And this is this is part of the reason that we're just seeing frustrations at a boiling point right now in New York and other cities across the country because Americans are feeling like it's Americans last and migrants first. They're seeing they get put up in a hotel, that they get the freebies, the food, the cell phone, the health care, all these other things. In California, the California Senate a few weeks ago passed a law where uh, migrants who were not working, which is most of them, are getting $300 a week. It'd be nice to get a $300 a 
check of, you know, not doing anything. I'd love that. I'm sure all of you would, too. And so some of these leaders wonder why there could be some resentment that's building or why people feel frustrated or concerned. I'm all for helping people. I'm all for, you know, immigration, and I'm all for welcoming and making it a melting pot in America. But we have to do it right. We have to do it respectfully. And we have to do it where we're also taking care of our American citizens first. got to take care of American citizens first. And so people are so frustrated. Today at the Roosevelt Hotel, AOC and a couple of the others that were part of the Hispanic Caucus, mostly all Democrats, they came out after visiting the Roosevelt Migrant Center and had their little spiel about wanting more work permits, more money again from the federal government. It's all the federal government's fault because they're not bringing in more money so they can have more migrant shelters, which is not what the people outside want. The people outside are protesting and saying, enough, enough. We shouldn't be doing this. This is risky. This is dangerous. And we can't afford it. Listen to some of the hecklers outside the Roosevelt Hotel. We're certainly getting very tense outside. So then Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her group come out wanting to do a press conference. Listen to how the press conference went. Ultimately, I think that there are three points of consensus here that are very important in getting a solution to this issue. The first is that there is, there is consensus here across geography and states on increased federal resources to cities and municipalities dealing with this issue. The second is to allow for work authorizations so that folks in here can get to work and start supporting themselves as soon as possible. They are prevented from getting jobs, they are prevented from employment, and that is part of the strain on our public systems. The faster that folks can access the work that they're asking for legally, So you couldn't really hear very much of what she had to say. It was like, uh, I'd like to say something, but nobody's going to let me speak. And I'm surprised this hasn't happened more often. I mean, honestly, I think that this is a sign of the times because people are so up in arms. They are so frustrated verbally, just so tense and so astounded. And they feel lied to. They feel like, you know what? At one point, we're told there won't be a shelter put up in a certain location. Next thing they know, they see construction equipment coming in, and they see this tone deafness of Democratic leaders who keep saying, we're going to cut all the city services by 15 percent. 
your taxpayer money and you're going to pay for all these migrants and more of them are coming and you're going to like it. And they wonder why people are upset. I I mean, what about our veterans? What about our homeless veterans? There's a lot of them on the street. Uh, What about taking care of them? Well, here is Congressman Adriano Espaillat. And when he made this comment, the crowd didn't like this one. The American dream will not be bullied into submission today. We will continue to fight for the American dream. We will not be bullied. We will not be pushed into a corner. We will fight for these common sense solutions. TPS for the Venezuelans. An extension. They already have TPS. Work permits for people that just want to work for their families. Additional funding, yes, for New York City needs more funding so we can get this done. God bless you, America. We love you. Uh, What I found really interesting, nothing he said there was anything to the crowd or nothing to the neighborhood. It wasn't like we're going to try to be respectful of the neighborhood. We're going to try to find a balance. No, it's like you're going to have to have a migrant shelter in your community. And too bad. You're going to have to take it and like it. And you're going to have to pay for it. And we're going to ask for more money. And we're going to ask for them to get work permits, which, by the way, many people believe also opens the door for them to be voting to in municipal elections. So there's an ulterior motive behind a lot of this. You have to wonder And then when he actually said that phrase, there was something that bothered me so much about this comment, because he says, the American dream, we won't be bullied. That's how the people outside the shelters feel. They're like, we're being bullied by these people coming into your neighborhood. Is there anybody out there that thinks it's a good idea to have a shelter that's, whether it's a couple hundred or a couple thousand single adult men, some of them with MS-13 tattoos on them, And them in your neighborhood, in your community, unvetted, unchecked for vaccines, unvetted for crime in their home country and and not making any money and just suddenly thrust there with no idea who they are. Is there anybody out there who says that's a really good idea and let's throw a grammar school next door or a beach next door. Let's throw, you know, a a church. I, I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks that that's a good idea. I I mean, why do they think that? that these people have to circumvent the rights of Americans. I'm all for legal immigration. Vet them, scan them, those that actually qualify, which is probably like 5 or 10% really for asylum. Vet them and bring them over. John Katsimatidis and I, you know, we do the Cats and Cosby show on WABC. He's talked about creating an Ellis Island too. That's actually a great idea. It's isolated. It's a big area. You can vet them. You can screen them. Then if you know they're okay and they really did qualify at that point for asylum during the months-long process or weeks-long, whatever it takes, if you expedite or whatever you do, then if they're okay, then you bring them in. You know who they are. You know they're qualified. Uh, You know maybe they have certain skills that maybe we can all benefit from. Uh, There's a lot of reasons to bring those kind of individuals in. But to just say, hey, let's open the border and let's suddenly bring in 7 to 10 million people that we have no idea who they are. And let's throw them in a neighborhood near you by your kids. Uh, you know, you got to have a hole in your head if you think that that's a good thing. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Phil on line eight. Phil, your thoughts about all this. Thank you, Rita. Uh, I guess cutting, cutting it close to the break. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Very simple. 
First of all, these people crossed through Mexico from the southern border into Texas. Texas puts them on a bus and sends them here. When they get off the bus, they are immediately hit face on with offers of housing and services and sheltering and, and benefits. Okay, throughout the whole process, they have been steered either by Catholic charities, or by the United Nations, or what have you. It's all in the media, it's all there for everyone to see. My point is, these people come here specifically to New York. Why? The bottom line is, it's costing 15 billion dollars, which is going to get be garnered by reducing police, fire, EMS, and other uh, necessary budgets by 5% every six or seven months. This poses a, a imminent risk of irreparable harm to the general public. You cannot have less firemen, less fire stations, less police, less EMS. People will die. People will be harmed. The, the thing is, what I cannot understand as a military person is, I, I imagine if you have a mass migration of people coming here, why is the predominance of these people young, able-bodied men between the ages of 18 and 31? Okay, you've got these people. This is a potential uh, sleeper army. This is very dangerous. You could have a thousand of them out of the hundred thousand go out and cause mayhem, untold mayhem throughout the city. If they don't get what they want, they are not entitled. The homeless people who are out there now, American citizens, vets uh, like myself, uh, you have people, elderly, homeless, disabled, homeless. They should be by law. In fact, a, a totally equal to the eligibility to get the same exact benefits that these illegals are getting, but it's not happening. The city of New York is violating state law about shelter. Yeah, and and they're misinterpreting it. Uh, You bring up a great point. The other point, too, also, as you said, uh, it only takes X amount of people to do harm. And you think about, Phil, we just passed 9-11. We just passed, you know, a very somber anniversary. And it took less than two dozen of them uh, on those planes that created mayhem and death and destruction to America, unlike we've ever seen before. And you think about the millions. There are literally millions in this country that have not been checked, that we have no idea of their background. And as we're talking, it only takes a handful to really create crises. And that's really scary. And and I am so worried about just what you said in terms of the threat to the homeland and it is a reparable threat, even if the border was plugged right now, which I do believe we need to do. We should have done it years ago, obviously. Uh, we should have done it the day President Biden took office. He did everything that was anti-Trump. It was like lift remain in Mexico, lift all these policies, cut down the wall, do whatever you can. And he's auctioning off parts of the wall now, too, even. So, I mean, it's like he's done everything just so he's can go after uh, any policy that was Trump's, even if it worked, which the border was working. But he didn't like it. And so we will pay a dear price, I think, sadly, for generations to come. And that's what's so scary. And the fact that now all these migrant centers are popping up in communities all over the place, uh, it is, it's dangerous. It is so dangerous. And, and this reasoning, too, of the Texas buses, too, I want to hit on another point. You talked about the Texas buses. The amount of migrants that have come from Texas to New York, because Abbott's given an accounting of how many, it's like 10 to 12 percent of the total numbers of migrants that have come to New York City. 
So every time I hear the New York City officials say, oh, it's the Texas governor, it's that madman is what they called him from Texas. That's not true. It's only 10 to 12 percent. The other amount is coming because there's a big old neon sign saying freebies in New York. We're looking for more money. And who wouldn't want to live in a nice, fancy four-star hotel in New York with, you know, room service and everything else? And, you know, you get to hang out in Times Square and wherever else. Sounds pretty fun. You know, so I don't blame them for coming. I blame our leadership for giving that open invitation that they still continue to open no matter how dire. And like you said, if they're cutting back on city, you know, uh, services, and they are, they're looking at doing 5%, 5%, 5%, and that totals at 15 by like spring, that is a disaster. We need more cops, not less. We need more fire, not less. Uh, and, And that's where the cutbacks come to cover migrants. This is insanity. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. superstitious, just like uh, my buddy Stevie Wonder there, um, about what's going on with the migrant shelters and the way they're popping up. And today there were a lot of hecklers to a Democratic press conference. Listen to AOC and Adriano Espaillat getting drowned out by protesters angry at the migrants. And what we seek to do Thank you. I'm happy to be here with uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, members of our delegation, as well as other members from other states that are here to see for themselves. How'd you like those comments? Uh, very crystal clear. What a mess. Let's go to Mike, line two. Mike, your thoughts. How you doing, Rita? If I was a governor on uh, Texas or Arizona, New Mexico, you know, the Republican governors, I would have troops there because they're bringing in people with drugs. They're killing 300 people a day in our country. OK, and uh, even if the uh, even if the, uh, uh, Biden changed the law and made it legal, they still have a right to have troops there and to check everyone and have a line. Check. You, you know what? I agree with you, Mike. By the way, the problem is our federal government does not have the will. They do not want troops. They want an open border. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we 
get to honor our great veterans and also their families. A really beautiful story coming from Portland, Oregon, where a 102-year-old World War II veteran was presented with a Purple Heart and Prisoner of War medal, and it happened just a few hours ago. Veteran Malcolm Champagne, I love that name, was and I like champagne, by the way, was joined by friends, family, and community members at his senior living community in Northwest Portland for a ceremony paying tribute to his great service. His incredible journey saw his plane shot down by enemy fire on his 15th mission in World War II during what's been labeled Black Thursday, which was a Nazi assault on Allied airmen. Roughly 650 airmen were killed or captured. Champagne endured 18 months as a prisoner of war in a Nazi camp. Earlier this evening, he talked about how it felt to finally be recognized after all these years. And he said, I am flattered. I'm very grateful. But I'll always think about the guys that didn't make it back. By the way, veteran Malcolm Champagne will turn 103 in January. Happy birthday, by the way, to him coming up in a few months, 103. uh, And at 102, he has been recognized with this beautiful medal and also honored for his great and incredibly heroic service. We love also recognizing members of the greatest generation. Uh, They are so near and dear to my heart, and I know to all of you too as well. Well, also, you know how much I love our veterans, and there's one organization that does so much for them, and that is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And the Big Tunnels to Towers Foundation Walk Run is coming up on Sunday, September 24th. And all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are asking all of you to help in any way that you can, whether it's $5, $10, $100, whatever you can give. All of it goes to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which does so much. Um, We are trying to outbeat everybody at the Red Apple Audio Network. We want to kick their butts. So we want to raise as much money as possible. So please help me raise the most money here. And obviously, all of the proceeds go to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for this walk run. We're doing individual teams. You can check it out. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com. Click on my picture and you can donate. All of it is tax deductible. All of it goes to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Let's never forget those that have helped America's heroes that do it every single day. And the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is the best. Let's raise some money, please, for our veterans, for our first responders, and also our 9-11 victims. So go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com. And click on my picture. And whatever you can do is so deeply appreciated because it goes to such an incredible, incredible mission. Well, we are talking about the fact that there are a lot of veterans that are on the streets of places like New York and elsewhere. And I believe they should be getting priority over the migrants. And it seems like the migrants these days... They're making more facilities every single day. Earlier in the week, we were talking to the head of emergency services for New York City. And he was saying that there are more than 200 migrant shelters set up in New York. Some of them are mega shelters like this Roosevelt Hotel. But now there's another one. And there was a lot of this back and forth going on for a while uh, over is there going to be one at Floyd Bennett Field, which is in southeast Brooklyn. And it faces, it's close to uh, a beach. So people are going, well, but maybe that's not a good place to put 
uh, 7,000 potentially for starters, uh, single adult men. Uh, looking at the little girls in the bikinis and everything else, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Uh, and they were kind of, well, hemming and hawing whether it was really happening. And there seemed to be a lot of questions of the way this was handled. And now suddenly, surprise, surprise, New York City Mayor Eric Adams puts out a statement saying that today uh, they have reached a deal. New York City with the federal government came to an agreement for the use of Floyd Bennett Field, which is an old airfield there, to shelter asylum seekers. And they are expecting at some point that there may be, uh, right now it's 7,000, it's a huge airfield, by the way. It's an enormous, enormous old airfield. They could probably at some point, if they really want to, maybe make 70,000. I mean, there is no end in sight. And a lot of people in the community are saying, this is not a good idea. There's camps around there. There's other schools. There's the beaches we're talking about. And then it also goes back to the place in Staten Island, too. That's about 20 feet away from a grammar school, St. John Villa's Academy. Uh, Would you want to have your child in that grammar school and you don't know who's across the street? This is really concerning. And again, where does it end? Well, Congressman Adriano Espaillat was part of the presser that happened, uh, the drowned out presser that happened today. And this is how he, he seemed to be like, you know, saying we all owe it to the migrants to allow them in. Take a listen. Children, families, people that want to work, people that are fleeing violence, people that are fleeing environmental disasters. We see so many stories, heartbreaking stories, manifest itself here. But I think these are folks that will take New York City to a better place. As you can see, this is a contentious issue, but we are all Americans, and we all believe in the American dream. That's the common denominator. And I couldn't believe this. Through all of this, You got Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the head of Homeland Security, the secretary there of Homeland Security. And he continues to spew this hogwash. Uh, We've got New York busting at the seams with what they claim is 113,000 migrants. They say that about 60 of them are in the care. We're not sure where the other 73,000 are, but they say at least 60,000 of them are in their care. And it's like overrun. And they're talking about cutting. You know, 5%. Now another 5 another 5 15% of city services. You're like, wait a minute. Does that make any sense to you? And this is just the beginning. And as I mentioned, in Arizona, in one single day last week, they had 91 migrants, 9,100 migrants come through. 9,100. And we're busting the seams at... 10,000 max coming in a week, so we believe. I mean, this is just a mess. This is a formula for disaster. This past week, by the way, again, a lot of them are moving towards Arizona. They had about 2,000 migrants per day in Tucson. So, I mean, you're looking at this. It It's unsustainable. It is absolutely unsustainable. And all we're seeing from politicians is them pointing their finger saying, Ah, uh, we'd like more work permits here, and we'd like more money here. And it doesn't seem that almost any of the Democrats, at least, have the courage to tell Alejandro Mayorkas to stuff it because he keeps saying, the border, what problem at the border? Listen to what he said just a few days ago. Today is a very, very heavy day. Um, as um, the individual who 
just preceded me so beautifully said, uh, we honor the lives lost and we have a commitment um, to never forget. We also have a commitment to keep our nation secure against an evolving threat landscape. The threat of cybersecurity, the threat of adverse nation states, the severity and frequency of extreme weather events, the phenomenon of disinformation used as a, a, a weapon against our country. The threat landscape is so different today than it was uh, 22 years ago, uh, but we also are much more mature as a nation and as a Department of Homeland Security. We have evolved as the threats have evolved, and America remains secure today. America remains secured today. And he said that on 9-11. That's what he was referring to at the beginning, uh, which is just such an insult uh, because it clearly is not secure. You're, we have millions of people that we have no idea of their background or have not been vetted in any shape or form. And you're telling me with a straight face that America is secure today. That is just it, it's an insult. And these people are out of their minds. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alan, line eight. Alan, your thoughts. Yes, uh, Rita, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's really a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I'm a disabled uh, Vietnam veteran. Oh, thank uh, you for your service. Thank you. And uh, I, I got the answer to the problem. The problem, it will be taken care of when Donald Trump gets in the office, he is going to send these people back from where they came. You know, the, but you know, the problem is, Alan, we don't know where so many of them are. You know, that that's the problem that so many of them have just kind of like seeped into communities across the country. We don't know their correct names. We don't know if they gave us the right name when they came through. Many of them are given court dates and the one, a lot of them haven't been given anything. It's like, yeah, come on in, no problem. Uh, so we have, we will have zero idea. There's some that we can track and you can deport, but there's a lot of them that you can't. Um, and that's why the damage that's done in many ways is irreversible in some ways, but it, you got to start plugging the hole. Uh, so I agree with you in the sense that we need to have a president and we need to have congressional leadership and others who have the philosophy of protecting the homeland and sealing that border as soon as possible, uh, just to minimize the damage, if that's possible at this point. Um, and, Alan, thank you so much for your service. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Really a pleasure yeah. talking to you. And and also, uh, welcome home, Alan. Thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Gino, line seven. Go ahead, Gino. Rita, rapid fire. I hope you're sitting down. First of all, these strapping young men. I'm in Grasmere, the last Salvation Army store on Staten Island. These young men, veteran, uh, denied vouchers. Now they want to put them on Fort Wadsworth. I was processed for the Marines there, the longest consecutive running military base. They are sleeper cells, some of them. And the South Shore of Staten Island is the drug capital of the world. Fentanyl. Do you think that the fact that they're from cartel countries and they're put in the South Shore? Across the street from schools, do you think this is a coincidence, Rita? And AOC is a disgrace. She took money from from Soros, her and her boyfriend, and, and the other Espinad on a junket down to South America. They're bought and paid for. God help American veterans because the government doesn't care. Sixty-six percent of the American vet, uh, veterans, the men and women, homeless are American veterans, and thirteen thousand American veteran suicides. 
every year, one every hour. God help them. You know what? I I hear your passion, by the way, Gino, and I'm telling you uh, that I feel deeply frustrated for veterans, too. Um, Less swear words than you brought in there, but I but I feel like I do feel like they're. Uh, they're getting short shrift, and there's something so wrong with this process, and they don't understand why people are upset. Uh, that's why I think it is just so crazy. Uh, Gina, we love you, and we appreciate the veterans. Thank you so much. Let's go to Robert, uh, line five. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, when I registered to vote when I was 18 years old, and I turned old enough, I had to provide proof of citizenship, a birth certificate, or U.S. passport. Only so U.S. citizens can have them. And only U.S. citizens can vote in any election. Uh, actually, citizens- actually, that's not correct. In municipal elections in New York and in some other locations, they've allowed where non-citizens, legal non-citizens can vote. So that's where this gets into this interesting kind of tricky territory. And I'm talking when I say municipal, that's for like uh, city council and that's for mayor and for some others. Um, and so if you qualify as a legal non-citizen, uh, there is a potential that if you are a working migrant who has working papers, in other words, authorized, uh, what like people like Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis and others have been making the point, and a number of others believe that that could technically qualify for legal non-citizen. And guess what that means? They could vote in municipal election. I hear what you're saying. It should be for just American citizens. I think it's a privilege to be able to vote, and it should be just for American citizens. But that's why this gets into a whole big slippery slope. And maybe that could explain why some of them want to keep them in the city and pay the price, at least until Election Day. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Because guess who they're going to vote for? Them, the people that gave the freebies to them. Wow, wow, wow. Let's go to Richard, line seven. Richard, your thoughts. Good morning, Rita. Nothing's going to change. It's going to continue. Yeah, that's a sad, you know what? And I actually, at least short term, nothing's going to change. But you know, the thing is, Richard, that's why you got to, when you go to the voting booth, you got to think of who shares your values, who cares about protecting the community and the country. That's why it is so so important. I think short term, nothing's going to change, sadly, but you got to keep speaking out because ultimately they will hear. Look, already they got drowned out today at the press conference. They see these massive protests that are taking place all over the place, whether it's in Staten Island or in Brooklyn. Uh, there have been a number of them that have happened in the last week or two. All of these things I do think are effective and are and are popping through. There's no way you can ignore them. There's just no way. There's too many numbers. They're too vocal. Um, and as long as things stay calm and people stay focused, um, I think they can be extremely, extremely effective. And I think our, you know, politicians on all sides of the aisle have to wake up because right now uh, there are people out there. They're not just Republicans. They're Democrats out there. They're independents. I don't even know who they are. They're moms and pops who just care about their community. And there are a lot of people out there who, when they go to the voting booth, they're going to be thinking, uh, maybe who didn't want that migrant shelter in the neighborhood across from their kid's school? And maybe they're going to vote for that person next time as opposed to just some blank check. Uh, let's just uh, pick this person because they said something nice. You know, uh, let's go for somebody who really is thinking about safety in the community. And I think, uh, you know, nothing, uh, 
Nothing works stronger than an, an angry grandmother. And that's what we've seen, especially in Staten Island. They were shouting down those buses. You never want to anger an, a grandmother, you know, who's protective of her grandkids. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, you can never go wrong. We're going to keep it up because we got to come back to the chorus. It's a Friday night. And you can't go wrong when you're playing a little bit of Journey. Here you go. Well, I just hope all of you have a good weekend and enjoy yourself. A little music always brings a smile. It's been a crazy week. And next week is also going to be nutty because uh, the U.N.'s in town in New York. And Biden is in town. The leader of Iran's in town. President Zelensky. Boy, uh, talk about a security nightmare. And then you're going to have migrants all over the street of New York. And marijuana all over the street of New York. Uh, what could go wrong there? Oh, what a security nightmare. And in fact, New York City police are beefing up security all over the place. Uh, it is always an enormous task, but especially given all the dynamics of what we're talking about in New York City right now, it is just going to be a mess. So pray for New York City next week. And we are talking, of course, about all the migrant shelters and all the problems that are popping up. Again, this very sad story, as I brought up, of a daycare where they're looking into the possibility that a one-year-old child may have actually consumed fentanyl and died. Also, three others, a child as young as eight months old, a girl and two two two-year-old boys at a Bronx daycare, and they're looking into the possibility that they consumed a white substance that may have been fentanyl. It is one of the most tragic stories ever. And boy, uh, it is just a sign of how scary and how pervasive this fentanyl is in our country. And one of the other issues about a wide open southern border and the role of China and so many others. Where do you think all of this is headed? And especially if we don't plug the border soon and we keep pouring more money into it, that is not a solution. Uh, let's go to Tony, line eight. Line eight, uh, Tony, your thoughts real quick on line eight. What are your thoughts, Tony, on this? Right. Hi, hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Real quick, you know what? The governor of New Jersey is lying. We have neighbors across the street, okay, that just rented a house. They rented a house to a bunch of um, migrants. I don't know where they got the money from, but you remember the first two days they were talking about giving them money for uh, anxiety separation they, because, you know, the kids were separated at the border. Yes, and and yeah. So real quick, you have about five seconds, Tony. 
they they have five they got five cars they're worth at least uh their brand new cars they're worth at least a half a million dollars ah you wonder and then they have those fancy mopeds and cars around town too 